Now there you go. <laughs> Seeing our Lord come to the earth through the eyes of our children. And aren't we thankful that God has shown himself to children? That he reveals himself to us that we might see him as children. Today we want to briefly talk about why did our Lord, our great God, become a human? Why would God, full of glory, full of majesty, omnipotent, meaning all-powerful, why would he come, wrap himself in earthly flesh, and allow himself to be told in a children reenactment like that? Where before they saw the glory of God as, as something bright and and like holy other and and here we see Jesus being depicted like one of us in a joyful and amazing way. Well, I want to take a, a a verse from John, the Gospel of John, as we talk about why would God become human? And this is John chapter one, and it's very familiar. And I'm going to emphasize 14. I don't know if we have that. Yeah, very good. And it says, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Lord, thank you for that funny yet amazing depiction seen through the eyes of children of you becoming human. Lord, all of your glory somehow was contained in flesh and blood. Lord, what a marvelous and amazing mystery that we could never even come close to understanding. But Lord, what we can do and say is thank you. Thank you, God, that you would lay aside your glory that you might be like us. Thank you for our children Thank you, Lord, for this worship time. Thank you for your word. Pray, Lord, that we would really digest and understand and, 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 and really revel, God, at the glory of who you are, even as you walk this earth. Open the hearts and the minds of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever... Look straight into the sunlight, especially when you're from Texas, and it seems like the sun is like right there, and it blinds you, and it blinds you so much that you can't really look straight into the sun. Well, that's just a tiny little depiction 
of the glory of God. It's, it's, there, there really isn't anything that we can describe God and, and His light and His brightness and even in His heaviness. And in the Old Testament, they would go into the tent and, 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 and they had the ark. And that's where the glory of God would be. And, and only the priest could, could go in there. And, and it, it, it shone with the brightness and the glory of God. And there was a great awe of the ark and the glory of God. And, and, and so when, when John here writes that here the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, he's saying somehow... God, the great creator of the universe, came and we were able to behold his glory. We were able to see him. We were able to see God in the flesh. And so as I was looking at this, I was like, God, like how, how did they even imagine from the Old Testament, that Hebrew way of thinking of the glory of God, yet John here attests that Jesus... We had that glory and they were able to see it. But one of the ways I believe and the major way that I want us to take away today is that they saw Jesus and the way he acted and the way he spoke and, 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 and the way he ministered to those that were ostracized by society, how he uplifted the status of women and how he uh, would, would, would allow uh, folks that were, were, were not part of the crowd, part of the religious crowd, the sinners, the publicans, the tax collectors, how, how he would embrace them. And I think John marveled that a great God who, in, from his knowledge of the Old Testament, wouldn't even allow people, period, in his presence without falling to the ground. Yet here, people were actually attracted to him. What a dichotomy of the glory of God that John is saying, we beheld him, we beheld the Shekinah glory of God walking among us. Church, I want us to grasp how huge that is. The very God that spoke creation into existence walked among us. And John said, we get to look on him. But the biggest and the most astounding witness of the glory of Jesus is grace. <laughs> grace. That is the glory of Jesus that they beheld. They beheld a holy God that we could never come near, that, that we could never be righteous enough, that we could never work enough, that we could never go to church enough. They actually beheld God himself welcoming man to himself, and that is called grace. This Christmas... As we celebrate that babe, as we celebrate God becoming a man, we celebrate grace. That is the glory. That is the brightness. That is the light. Just think, a sinner like me, past, present, and future, 
has been atoned for. Did you hear me? Past, present, and future has been atoned for. To bring it home, you know, right now we're feeling all, you know, spiritual and we're singing the great songs. But don't you know each and every one of us will miss the mark? And it might even be soon as we leave the parking lot. I'm just talking about grace. The brilliance and the amazing, glorious grace. And that's what John was talking about. He beheld a holy God who became man. And, and, the, the, and just like the sinners weren't repelled, but the sinners were attracted. Oh my God, that's grace. That's glory. And John says, full of grace and truth. As our praise team comes and we sing and we worship and we worship this amazing concept that we saw that the children showed us the glory that we are living in that we can receive is the glory of grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus shows the glory of God. He's the one who is closest to the very heart of God. If you want to know, if you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. And as, as, as Dennis was, was sharing, you know, it's, we, we get this picture of God that He's far and aloof and scary. But when Jesus came to show His glory, people all over were attracted to Him. They came by by thousands. What, what I love about seeing the glory of God in Jesus, particularly at Christmas, is this sense of God's glory being a confident humility, an explosive gentleness. Think about this with me, just, just for a moment. You know, here's the King of Kings, as we've said, the Lord of Lords, the one who created everything out of nothing. And yet, in his royal birth, in all the surroundings, should demonstrate glory. Right? I mean, we got, I mean this is a royal baby, right? 
This baby should be born with a crown, right? And this is, this is what, what it should be, right? A baby with a crown, right? And, and when this baby comes, there should be power, right? We need to flex some muscles here. Bombs and bullets, maybe a few tanks, right? Bring some tanks to lead the way. Or a flotilla. You know, don't you want that? A flotilla, you know? That, that's going to show some power and might for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? right now, then, then we should have fireworks, Right? They, they should go off, you know, and just bright and shiny and, and loud. That's glory, right? And then royal prestige and fame, a family and royal visitors from all over the world should be there. And maybe even the royal family of, of Tokyo, right? Be born in Tokyo, right? Just a, a cool key city of the world. Or, or maybe, maybe be born in the royal family of London, right? In London, that, that royal city. That's where he should be and and when he's going to be born right then then he's got to have some bling right but this baby's got to have some bling right now that's glory right that's that's power and muscle and strength right but no none of this is what happened when the King of kings and Lord of lords was born to show the glory of God. I mean, it, it was a common to poor birth. Yeah, we, we just had the privilege of, of uh, housing in our church building five families that find themselves homeless. You know, 12 children under the age of, of 12 that were here in, in our building, and some of you helped to care and love them, they're more like the glory of God in how Jesus was born. That, that's a picture of what we see when God comes on the scene, right? I mean, His delivery room. Think about his, his delivery room, right? I mean, it was, this was a, a barn or a cave or maybe a, like a basement kind of room where animals would hang out um, at night, and that's where he was. I mean, there, there were no midwives, certainly no delivery nurses, no, certainly no NICU, you know, no intensive care unit ready in case something happened, and there wasn't a sterile thing around. I don't have no idea what they cut the cord with. Don't even want to imagine. But that's the delivery room of the king. Right? That's the glory of God being presented. And then and the, the layette. You know, think of the, the layette of this baby. Uh, you learn that term when you have babies. I had no idea what it was. You know? But the layette, you know, the bump, the crib, right? And the, the bumper pads and the gown and all that. You know, the, 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 this was where he slept. This is probably what a manger really looked like. This is where the king of kings was laid. Probably some hay, and we certainly know swaddling clothes. Not, not a heated blanket, but some strips of rags that were there that were laid around him. That is the glory of God. 
And then we know a week later or so, eight days later, is when the day of purification and the family had to go to the temple and offer a, um, an offering for the purification of, of Mary. And when they, they, they did, in, in uh, honoring Leviticus 12, they, they went to the temple to make an offering, and the offering, they're to give a lamb, unless they were too poor to give a lamb. They couldn't afford a lamb, and they had to give turtle doves or two pigeons. And what we know is they gave two turtle doves and two pigeons. Jesus didn't even have the best offering when he was born. And that demonstrates the glory of God. Very different. Very different than the demonstration of glamour and glitz, of showy fireworks, prestige, popularity, or fierce, forceful bombs and bullets. The glory of God is so sure and so confident and so explosive that it can come with gentleness and humility. Sort of the the opposite of the Wizard of Oz. You know, remember the Wizard of Oz, the movie? Those of you that haven't seen it, this is a spoiler alert, so do whatever you need to, to to not hear it. But the wizard, right? The wizard, the mighty wizard of Oz. was just a scared old man who used pyrotechnics, sound amplification, and tricks to scare people. To scare them in order to, to get what he wanted. The way of God is just the opposite of the wizard. He's not about fear. He's not about scaring people. He he is about coming with a strong gentleness and an explosive humility to welcome all that come to Him in peace. He comes to bring peace. Peace to your heart and soul. Peace to our relationships and peace to our world. Our world is characterized by glamour and glitz and in a lot of ways, who can shout the loudest? Who can look the best? Who can have it all? What does it tell us? that the God of the universe, who's from the very heart of God, who demonstrates His glory, came on the scene, made His entrance in a no-name town to no-name people and was laid to sleep His first night in a feeding trough. Friends, that's the God that can relate to anybody that can relate to me, that can relate to you. That's the God who enters in, as we've said, the depths of our sin, past, present, and future, and says, I've come to bring you peace. That's that's the strong, powerful glory of God. 